0: Welcome to Chat tsunami. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Chat tsunami. I'm Satsunami and joining me on my adventure to the moon tonight is my very good friend Adam. Adam, welcome back.
1: Hello, hello. It's good to be back. I've actually got a a related uh, news topic here, uh, Satsunami, to do with our episode today. So, did you hear about that new restaurant on the moon?
0: I did not.
1: Apparently, great food, but no atmosphere.
0: This is by far the shortest episode of Chatsunami. Well done, Adam.
1: How could you hate that? That's an amazing dad joke.
0: You know i'm sure you've told me that before but whether or not you have honestly it is funny every time
1: i i think i think there's a hundred percent chance i've said that at least once before
0: For all our, like, dedicated Chatsunami fans out there, go through the old episodes, see if Adam's brought out this one, because I've I've got a sneaking suspicion.
1: Don't ask me for the fraud that I am. I've no new material.
0: All we'll have to do is look through your, you know, your memories and see if you have which. Definitely is such a natural way to segue into the topic at hand tonight. Beautifully done.
1: Sometimes you just got to take your hat off and just be like, masterpiece.
0: So yeah, today we are going to be talking about a indie gem known as To The Moon. Now, when I say indie gem, I actually mean it non-ironically. I'm not saying that like, oh, an indie gem like Mario. No, no, no. I'm talking about a true indie gem tonight. So of course, the game we're going to be talking about is To The Moon, which is a... it is really hard to describe this game. And don't worry, Adam, I won't leave the plot summary to you this time, because I know you get anxious so <laughs> when I turn around and I'm like Adam would you like to describe the
1: game oh man I had my I had my written summary all out with all these different names and everything
0: so to the moon is a game that focuses around two scientists who work for an organization known as the Sigmund Corporation now Adam correct me if I'm wrong but do you think the Sigmund Corporation in this game is pretty much a cross between the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the guys from Inception
1: pretty much that um if they if that organisation was run by Sigmund Freud. I think is a good way to describe it.
0: Yeah, he's the final boss in this. Uh, spoilers. <laughs> oh my god! He's got three forms: Ed, Ego, Super Ego. I'm sorry, but I spent one year studying social sciences. <laughs> I'll use that psychology degree, Dan. And he hits you with the Oedipus complex as his final move. Yeah, it was a very dark game. No, I'm only <laughs> It basically follows these two scientists whose main job is to basically rummage through their clients' memories and alter them so they can make their final wish come true when they're on their deathbed. In the case of this game, they go to visit a man called Johnny who is wanting to go to the moon, as the title suggests, of course, but as they ask him, Why do you want to go to the moon? Johnny simply replies that he doesn't quite know, and the whole game kind of revolves around. Yeah, pretty much they adventures into this man's, really just this man's mind to try and make his last wish come true. Would you say that's a fair summary? I think that is an excellent summary. <laughs> Again, it
1: annoys me that you can do these things so well, and I, str- I struggle so mightily <laughs> to explain the plot to a Sonic game, but there we go.
0: <laughs> to be fair, it's more complicated than this game, and I don't mean that as a slight against to the moon. <laughs> The, the pedestrian storytelling of To
1: the Moon. Where's where's the final hazard and yeah. <laughs> Gerald Robotnik?
0: It's like that meme where it's like the Chad Sonic story writing. <laughs> Hedgehogs with guns. That's what I'm saying this game needed. It's going to be the next big thing I tell you. <laughs> exactly. We're going to take it to the moon, it <laughs> But yeah, I was really surprised at how long ago this game came out. So this game came out about 11, nearly at the time we recorded this, but nearly 11 years ago. And I'm quite curious to hear if you actually knew anything about this game, Adam. When it came out, I knew
1: nothing about this game until about three weeks ago, when you brought it onto my radar. I, I'd never heard of it. Yeah, and like, no, it's that way. You, sometimes you know, you're like, oh, maybe I did hear about this. I know for a fact, I never heard anything about this game at all until a few weeks ago.
0: Not even a peep or no,
1: nothing at all. Even when I went through my kind of uh, my initial kind of phase of indie gaming, I never remember hearing this one. I mean, now granted, I, I again, I'm I'm mainly an, uh, a console player. It's gone to the Switch now, hasn't it? But for a long time, this was, I think, just a kind of PC, you know, kind of Mac exclusive game, if if I'm right in saying.
0: The only reason I heard about this game was through... and. I just want to point this out before we go on. We are not sponsored by Humble Bundle. Humble Bundle, like, for those of you who don't know, they do monthly bundles of games, of software and things like that. And you can pay, like, a certain amount to get whatever kind of tiers you want based on the games, the package. Absolutely fantastic service. But I remember I was in university around the time I bought this game. And I remember, I think it was around 2012, 2013, I was in my flat and my flatmate came up to me and he said oh have you heard of Humble Bundle? And he explained it and it honestly sounded like a scam. It isn't by the way but it honestly sounded like a scam. I was like what's the catch here? You know because there were really good games at the time but I remember I went through like very much a FOMO stage because at the time it wasn't like it is now. There wasn't like books and software and all these different bundles being sold simultaneously. It was just like one particular that's right isn't it it was just one particular bundle that they were selling at a time at the beginning
1: i'll be honest i i didn't know about humble bundle until only a few years ago so I, I i can't speak on their practices before i'll be honest
0: well if i'm right if, if there's any humble bundle like stands out there as a the cool kid say you know, just just write us a letter <laughs> the humble bundlers as i call them hey <laughs> to be fair, they wouldn't write to us. They are too humble.
1: That's the one good thing about it.
0: Okay, that's my dad joke out of the way, so sorry. <laughs> Back to the past. Around 2012, 2013, I remember they were selling, a, I think it was a bundle called, it was like the RPG Maker bundle. And I remember just out of fear for missing out, I was like, oh, I'll buy it. So I bought it. And I remember too, the moon was in this bundle. And it sat basically in my digital library for, I mean, until like a couple of months ago and It is sat there gathering dust And I remember reading about this game People saying, oh it's so sad And oh, you're going to cry at it And everything And I was like, yeah I suppose yeah but I never played it and you know Adam you know how bad I am for playing games well I mean in
1: fairness th- there's so many out there I totally get that FOMO you know that FOMO like thing where, where you're just like oh my god but what if I do want to play this game and I don't get it at this time And especially when you're like a student you know and perhaps money's a bit tighter you're like I've got, I've got to maximise I've got to take advantage of every deal so I get it. it it's fair it's fair I think this is where most people maybe build up their backlogs from this time in their life we are just like I want to experience everything and then you're like oh my god I just don't have time
0: I mean considering what remains of Edith Finch I mean I only played that a couple of months ago as well and that came out in 2017 if it wasn't for you Adam like, I would have never played that game so first of all thank you and second of all damn you for making me go on like an indie spree of gaming I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry
1: well I think I think I can, I can. only deserve part of the blame here I'm pretty sure friend of the show Craig you see deserves <laughs> deserve some of the blame for this as well blame slash credit
0: <laughs> He'll get his time when he comes back on the show, don't you worry. I'm writing a list as we speak. The Satsu Enemies list. I mean the Chatsu one, come on. Fair enough. Atari. Um, what's the other David one? David Cage, you're on there. David Cage, of course. What's his name? James Nguyen. He is like on both the list and your list, to be fair. He's on many lists, I'm sure. But you know who's not on the list? Can go who is the developer of this game and is part of Freebird Games. Which, I'm going to be honest, before we jump into the main talking points of this game, were you quite surprised with the presentation of this game? Because I'm going to be honest, when I started it, I thought, and again, I know it's a 2011 RPG Maker game, but I was really taken aback by like the art style and stuff. I thought it was like really basic, and I thought, there's no way this is going to be as poignant as people make it out to be but I cried. I'm not even ashamed to say it. I cried at this game but were you the same Adam? Yeah definitely. I mean it's interesting talking
1: talking about this game being like near 11 years old now. Because of of those kind of 16 bit graphics I find it very difficult to like gauge when a game was released now. I mean this could have been released 11 years ago. I feel it could have been released last year. If you told me it was released in the late 90s I probably would have believed you as well. They do have a certain kind of timeless quality in the 16-bit graphic games and yeah like I think what's maybe most surprised was most surprising for me about the kind of visuals is they are very misleading in a way in that I don't think you would expect the game to play out the way it does with the visuals if that makes sense it does look a bit kind of like a kind of something like a chrono trigger or like a, maybe an early Final Fantasy sort of knockoff is, I don't mean knockoff but do you know what I mean like kind of clone yeah. type game I think that's what you'd be more expecting just kind of judging on the visuals alone so it is quite surprising the direction the game goes because you you wouldn't think that the graphics are a natural fit for that but it certainly does it does a lot with a little and that's I think one of the big strengths of the game
0: it's a completely misleading game I'm going to be honest, when you go into this game, you honestly don't... And I don't mean this in a threatening way, by the way. I'm looking at a Red Panda lawyer, and the Red Panda lawyer is kind of... He's giving these thumbs up to say you're good to go. But genuinely, you will not really expect... Like, judging by what you get to begin with, very misleading, but in all the right ways. I think that's the only time I'll ever say that, to be honest. But before we go on, will we just jump right into it?
1: Yeah, let's let's get on our, get on our rocket ship and blah stuff
0: and before we jump into this i just want to give you lovely listeners at home basically two warnings first of all we will be diving into spoilers and honestly if you haven't played this game And you don't want to be spoiled. This game's only about three or four hours long. So if you want to experience it for yourself, by all means, pause the episode, go away, play it, and then come back and listen to this. Because it is a fantastic experience. And usually I would save this to the end. I I would say like, oh, I think this game's great. You know, go play it but genuinely. If you haven't played it, wholeheartedly recommend it. It's definitely in my top 10 games. Second of all, we are gonna be talking about themes relating to death and maybe some other kind of heavy topics within this game. So just a fair content warning, just in case you're, you know, expecting a bit more of a lighthearted episode, which it will be a little bit lighthearted, because come on, it's chats and But yeah just in case. So without any further ado, yep, as you said Adam, let's jump in a rocket ship and we will head to the moon. So as we're heading to the moon, please stand by for these transmissions. Welcome to Chat a variety podcast that talks about topics from gaming and films to streaming in general interests.
1: Previously on Chat Tsunami, we discussed Game of the Decade, Deadly Premonition, The Romantic Thriller, Birdemic, and listen to us get all sappy as we discuss our top 5 Christmas films.
0: If that sounds like your cup of tea, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcast apps. As always, stay safe,
1: stay awesome, and most importantly, stay
0: hydrated. We are Beer and Chill Podcast.
1: Podcast where we review TV shows, games, movies, and whatever else takes our fancy. So what are you waiting for?
0: If you're a cool kid like us, you're gonna listen to the Beer and Chill Podcast. You can get it anywhere from Spotify all the way to your grandmother's radio. My name is Jan. And I'm Craigie C. And we are Beer and Chill So Adam, I've got to ask, what were your first impressions of this game? Because I feel as if this game is like what Edith Finch is to you. It's like I have the same kind of feelings towards this game. I think this is a fantastic indie game. And I remember like after playing this bombarding you constantly to be like, Adam, play this game. Adam, play this game. And You must have been like, how do I block his number?
1: Put me out more tech savvy.
0: No, that's your fault, not mine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true.
0: But yeah, what was your first impressions? A going into this game, and you know, just in general as you played through the game.
1: I was actually before I played this game, I was I was very excited to try it out because, as you mentioned, you you'd been full of praise for it, and I could tell you know I could tell it this wasn't like faux praise at all. You you really did love this game. It affected you, so I was really really keen to sort it because I'm I'm always interested to find games like this that do kind of hit you on, a, on an emotional level. So I was very, very excited to fire it up. I have to be honest, <laughs> the first 20 minutes I didn't think I was going to like it, I'll, I'll be honest. I found one of the... So the two main characters, as you mentioned in the intro, are two scientists working for this uh, Sigmund core. I found one of them very annoying, and the thought of spending a lot of time in this character's presence, I was like, I'm not looking forward to this. I wasn't really engaged by the story to start with. I don't know, I kind of was like, okay, I'm, I'm waiting for something to happen here. I'm, I'm waiting to get hooked in. I, may, I probably went in with too high expectations, which is, which is my own fault. I know I should have probably tempered a bit more and let the game kind of get going but yeah nothing really grabbed me for I'd say the first 20 minutes but I, I kept going with it and I thought well you know like I'm sure something is going to happen soon that'll grab me in and sure enough it did there's a point where you have to go into the basement of the house for the first time one of the one of the scientists stays to basically set up the equipment that'll allow the two of them to enter the dying man Johnny's kind of dreams and you know undertake this task of sending him to the moon but while one of them sets up the machinery the, you need the other one kind of gets to explore the house for a bit. And you, you'll you know exactly what I'm talking about here, Satsu, but you go into a particular room in the basement and it's filled with these origami rabbits. And the game all of a sudden took on a very kind of creepy kind of vibe and that I was it kind of sent a shift and I was like oh okay here we go this this has got me hooked now and from there yep I was really kind of hooked into it I really enjoyed discovering the story I thought it unfolded really well it's very poignant it's very moving yeah like I think it's a, it's an excellent it's an excellent narrative experience of that there's no doubt so those first 20 minutes I say I, I found them a bit of a struggle but you know it was well worth pushing through that and
0: to experience what this game has to offer. Finding you say that because I I had a very similar experience going into this game. This is a danger about going into a game that is so highly praised because you're going to go into this game with such high expectations and kind of think, oh, this is going to be the best game ever. It's going to make me weep. It's going to make me cry. I better turn on my camera and record myself. Oh, look. Look at all these tears. But I I do agree. The first kind of 10, 15 minutes or even 20s, you said, like, the beginning is quite slow-moving. And I remember the first moment where you play as, um, as you said, the two doctors, Eva, Rosalind, and Neil Watts. You go through, and I know what you mean about Neil in this game, he is quite full-on, he's a bit of a, excuse my language here, but a bit of a shit-poster, I would like to imagine, online. You know, he would be like a mean meme machine. And of course, it's that kind of stereotypical dynamic. You know, Neil is very much the class clown who likes to joke around. Eva is very much the kind of straight face, no nonsense. You know, the odd couple of the science world, essentially. And as you said, when you look through the house, I did get creeped out when you go into that room and it's just filled with origami rabbits. Not because, I was going to say, not because I had David Cage for flashbacks <laughs> i was a little bit worried Not gonna lie i thought i thought he'd snuck in somehow <laughs> he's
1: a sneaky devil he's, he shows up when you least expect
0: it's like you know those like dot exe games you get yeah where it is like you know you're playing it and you think like oh i'm playing a normal game and it's just like david cage's face slowly morphing <laughs> into the screen it's like no <laughs> the horror i don't want to play heavy rain again oh. in 16 bits the quick
1: time events, no.
0: Fortunately, this game doesn't have quick time events. I, I, I was relieved. But the gameplay itself is... Will we talk about the gameplay? Because before we go on to talk about, you know, the good points of this game, and there are, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of good points in this. Will we talk about the weakest aspect of it?
1: I think I think that's a good idea. Let's get it out of the way.
0: What did you think of the quote unquote gameplay of this?
1: The gameplay is my is my kind of biggest problem with this game, and because I think there's both too little of the gameplay, but also too much, if that make and that probably sounds very contradictory, but what I mean by that is So the main sort of task, the main kind of things you'll be doing in this game is as you enter kind of each memory of Johnny, you have to kind of explore around and find, find this object that's going to allow you to travel to the next memory. And to do that, you need to find like five, call memory orbs, memory spheres. I can't quite remember the term for them, but you need to find five of these basically to unlock the item that's going to let you travel. And you just kind of find those by like examining some things or by, you know, just exploring parts of the environment. And then the other kind of main gameplay uh, mechanic is a sliding puzzle, which you have to do when you've kind of unlocked the particular item for the kind of uh, memory jump. And you need to, it's like a sliding puzzle, you need to line up to make a full image on one hand it feels really perfunctory and I was never engaged by it and I, I I, just I found it a bit boring to be honest To keep repeatedly doing the sliding tile puzzles and just kind of like walking around and at times sometimes you're like okay that makes sense why you know I got a memory orb for looking at that item but sometimes I just walk into a part of the map and it would give me one and I was like well why did, why did I get one for that I don't really understand but also as well not only is it too limited but it feels like there's too much of it for me because I feel like it gets in the way of the story I was really I I really got drawn into this into the story and I really wanted to find out more but I I really resented having to kind of bumble around the environment for a good few minutes looking for these orbs and then having to solve a sliding tile puzzle it felt like just such a a pace killer and such an unnatural one and just kind of been like oh it's a game so here you go do some gameplay and I'm like oh but you're just just, I just want to experience the story I do feel a lot of games sometimes feel that they have to kind of put gameplay in there to justify it being a game but sometimes you're like you know what you can just limit it it's okay sometimes the narrative is strong enough to hold a game by itself and I think this is definitely one so that was my problem with the gameplay just too little but also too much
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that I feel as if in kind of mild spoilers for the subsequent sequels Finding Paradise and Imposter Factory, which by the way both fantastic games as well, I feel as if the gameplay itself can sometimes get in the way of the narrative, I totally agree with that because see with the sliding puzzles. I genuinely, I was really worried that because at the very beginning, you get like a timer or not a timer, but like a vital chart of Johnny's condition. And I genuinely thought that if you didn't complete the game in time or if you did something wrong in the tile puzzle, then you know something would happen to him in the real world. And I, I, I was really worried about that, but it turns out that's just inconsequential. It doesn't matter. You can basically bum about in his memories for as long as you want which i was kind of like in on the one hand i'm like great that that's fine but at the same time i liked looking for the mementos I, I will say this i think it's a clever idea and i think it's something that imposter factory probably does the best out the trilogy. And again, before I go on, I just want to say I'm not going to say any spoilers for Finding Paradise and Impostor Factory. As I said, I love those games as well, but I feel as if for this one it can kind of be excused because it is the first game. I think Finding Paradise kind of does something a little bit worse in terms of the gameplay, but when I forced you to play the game, Adam, you'll see what I'm talking about, but it's not the strongest aspect and I do feel as if it really holds it back in some ways and it gets kind of frustrating because you are looking for you know the last memento and everything and it does get annoying sometimes where you're kind of distracted from the story that you're so invested in because I have to admit we hear the same when there was mementos like blocking a certain part of the story and you were like really invested in the story and you're like oh man I'm gonna do this now that was my big problem
1: I really hated that because I was just I was like oh why Why is this here like there's no there's no reason for this you know this puzzle to be here or this like key hunt thing to be here for me it's just like oh it's gameplay because it's a game for the sake of that and I, that it, it really annoyed me because like you've made such an interesting story why are you like artificially slowing me down and stopping me from experiencing this and I I think as well it annoys me a little bit because there are I think the concepts for the gameplay I think are actually pretty good you know I, I do think the idea of exploring and finding you know these kind of mementos is an interesting idea and i think i just kind of wish it had been if it had been broadened out a bit more so it was a bit more kind of you know investigative and there was maybe a bit more of like trying to uh, like puzzle solving you know you're trying to work out how things fit together i think could have been interesting i don't think the sliding puzzle thing is really any kind of way to make that well again personal opinion here but i don't think there's really any way to make that good i don't know it just it just doesn't really interests me and there's also another section where you reach a point where you can't you're not able to go any further back uh, into johnny's memories and so basically they have to try and find the kind the two scientists have to try and find a kind of artificial like workaround to get back and they basically it comes a bit where you have like different versions of johnny and you have to like line up certain items almost as like a kind of not a tile puzzle but almost a kind of one of the I don't know what you call them but you know like a kind of like join the join the dots again is wrong but that kind of idea and again i'm like I think there's something really interesting there and i wish that had been like a kind of more puzzle solving one where you had all these items and you, were, you had to reason about well why would this fit you know how can how come that link but again it just felt very kind of perfunctory and quite limited so again like it's encouraging to hear that especially for the third game maybe they did solve a bit more of these issues but yeah again it it's not. It's not a deal breaker. It doesn't stop me from recommending the game, but I do think it is a slight issue, and it's something I think to be prepared about. You know, and it's a good thing as because you just want to experience the story. It's just frustrating that there's <laughs> like this artificial block on that.
0: Because that's the kind of worry about games like this. I think this is probably something that we have talked about in our narrative versus gameplay episode, where it's like a lot of games do struggle to try and balance between the narrative and the gameplay aspect. Is it going to be like Tetris, where there's barely any story, but it's a really fun game? Or is it going to be something like Edith Finch, where it's kind of little gameplay, but a lot of of narrative going into it. And I feel as if the narrative in this game is definitely the highlight of this entire experience, which I know I sound like a broken record here, but when you play through the game, As we've been saying, there are genuine moments where you do get frustrated because you do kind of feel held back. Because you want to learn more about the story in a good way. You want to learn what's going on with Johnny. Why is he acting like this? And in particular, when you see that his memory has been fractured, that was really interesting because you thought, well, what's missing in this huge chunk? And I remember trying to actually get over to the other side in that bit. And I got down to the bottom and then I kind of technically clipped through the map, I think, at one point, or one of the tiles, and then I was like, okay, this isn't the way I'm supposed to go. We have to go back the other way. We have to do the gameplay again. And it was just like,
1: oh,
0: God. But before we go on to the narrative, and I absolutely gush about this game, there's one particular moment I i'm quite curious to hear what you have to say about this adam the penultimate action scene at the very end or maybe it is the final but the scene at the end where you're trying to and again spoilers for the story you're trying to fight against eva and she sends out all the quote unquote zombie evas out to stop you i i'm not gonna lie i wasn't a big fan of that because again it felt as if they were trying to gamify the game which i I know gamify the game is a video game but it was just kind of drawn away from the narrative like, what did you think about that particular sequence?
1: Yeah, i i found I found it a bit annoying as well. In the, I found the contr- controls quite imprecise for trying to avoid things. Sometimes I felt like sometimes some traps would just appear up, and I was like, "Well, I, I don't see how I'm, I can avoid this." Like, you know, the controls aren't precise enough to let me do quick enough movements, so that kind of annoyed me. And as well, I think the big thing is that there's like no stakes. You know, it's funny because you talked about you know the, you thought there was this timer to the game, but it, it turns out there's not. And I kind of in a way i kind of almost wish there had been a timer because i think that would have made for a more interesting experience as well where you know maybe you want to find out more about each memory but you're like oh god i've got this like timer i'm I'm up against and i kind of wish that gameplay segment had had something and as far as i know it doesn't like so it doesn't matter how long it takes you to fight your way past the zombies and avoid the traps and stuff it it doesn't have any bearing on the game and so again it just it just feels it just feels like another artificial, like lengthening element, and it's just like, oh, here's some game, here's some gameplay because it's a game, and it's like, oh, I don't want game, I don't want more gameplay. I just, I want to experience this this amazing story that you've made. So, yeah, another bit that I found, I found quite frustrating.
0: I would say that's probably the worst bit in terms of gameplay. I can see what they were trying to go for, but I think probably the main issue here is just because it is the first game in the series, I don't get wrong they do try different things in the sequel but there's a particular sequence in that that really bugs me and don't worry adam as i said when i strong you into playing it you'll know exactly what bit i mean but going back to to the moon i i don't know I feel as if they could have scaled it back, but see for like a first attempt at a game like this, and what they managed to achieve with it. I I honestly thought they did a great job regardless, but I agree. I think they could have definitely toned it down. But one thing they didn't tone down was of course the narrative. So before, as I said, I go and absolutely gush over this game, Adam what did you think of the story
1: well as I said after the kind of rough beginning for me where I, I wasn't very engaged with it very quickly I got so drawn into this the story unfolds very well and that you learn just enough through each memory to like to keep you drawn so you learn a little bit more but you know it's not given away too quickly and so it builds up really nicely I thought it, it deals with some interesting issues you know it, there's a large focus this is on kind of marriage and as well one of the characters I think it's implied has kind of an Asperger's Type syndrome. I think there's some really interesting kind of commentary about, especially about living with that. You know, about having a partner who has a condition like that. And yeah, I, I think it's just really well done. It builds. There's lots of really interesting. It, it hooks you really well because you are so intrigued about what. Why is this his dying wish to go to the moon? And why? But why can't he tell you? It's a really great central hook to kind of reel you in and then to build from there. And as I said, it unfolds. The story unfolds really well. I think there's some great characters in it. I think two scientists like uh, from from the kind of rough beginnings for me with Dr. Watts I think both scientists actually kind of grow as characters and become a lot more endearing and you kind of enjoy you know learning more about them learn more about their relationship it's fascinating to learn more about Johnny, and there's some great moments there that are actually quite shocking. And there's a real creepiness to this game that I did not expect at all. And it starts with those origami rabbits, and there's just other bits as well peppered throughout the game that really just kind of actually put my kind of hair on on end a little bit. And I was just like, I was like, is this going to turn into like a full blown horror experience? And spoiler, alert, it never really does, and I don't think it needs to either. I'm kind of glad that it doesn't devolve into that. I think the kind of creepy level that it, it the undertones that it has, are perfect. But there's also some, there's also some great humor in this game. There's a bit um one of my favourite bits is uh in the second half of the game when they're they're trying to figure out a way to get you know to spark this wish in Johnny to go to the moon. you just get this kind of montage of both doctors like showing up at a random point in his life and like screaming like, Go to the moon, it's great I hear up there and all this stuff. And it, it that really made me laugh. So I, I think there's some really there's really funny moments, there's really creepy moments, there's really heartfelt moments, really melancholic moments. You're get a full kind of kaleidoscope of you know emotions to this game i i think it, it's done so well so I'll, I'll pass the floor over to you now because i feel it's only fair to just to hear your thoughts and give you a chance just to, to speak on this
0: oh i love it end of episode go play this game 10 out, <laughs> <Sorry>. 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10 yeah absolutely but no it would be a very short episode i would have to make this a Chatsu shorts to just be like 10 out of 10 go play it I absolutely adore this story this is again going back to what you were saying when I started playing this game I I kept asking myself those questions is this the sad bit am I supposed to be sad at this bit am I supposed to be you know emotional I was not feeling that for the first couple of minutes and it's a slow build up but it slowly kind of grows on you until it grabs you and you think oh my god this story is absolutely fantastic it's got so many many great elements. Going back to what you were saying about Dr. Watts and Dr. Rosalind, I love their development in this game because, to begin with, as you said, Neil is very much a kind of meme poster. He's very in-your-face. He's like, oh, look at me, I'm doing the ha on the memento and everything. I totally get it, but he definitely does grow because, see, the more you think about it, the way they talk to one another, it definitely sounds as if... Neil and Eva have been through so many experiences like this. You know, this isn't their first, like, assignment or anything together. They're just kind of stuck in this, I don't want to say 9-to-5 job, because let's face it, it's not really a 9-to-5 job, but they're stuck in this world where all they have to do is make somebody's wish come true. In the later games you can see other scientists and things, and even the minisodes which come along with this game, they are great, by the way. I don't know if you've got Chance to play those, Adam. No, I haven't had a chance to play them yet. They are actually quite interesting because it gives you more insight into Sigmund Corp as, you know, like an organization and how they interact with other scientists and things like that. It's really, really interesting. But my point is that they grow throughout the game. Like Neil goes from as a wisecracking individual to someone who, quite frankly, by the end of it does have a heart of gold. just struggles to express it in a serious way. And the same with Eva, she's got a heart of gold as well, but she struggles to kind of express it at the cost of kind of jeopardising the task at hand. And I think that their character development is absolutely fantastic. But the other thing that I absolutely love is the relationship between Johnny and River, who, as you said, it's heavily implied that River suffers from Asperger's Syndrome, which I I have to admit, this is something that is quite rare in games. This isn't a kind of thing that you see often in a lot of video games, and it's quite interesting to see the way Kangow shows this character, how he characterises her as being very hyper-fixated on certain things. She, of course, loves rabbits, which Johnny doesn't really know why she loves rabbits until it's revealed at the end, and don't worry, we will go into the end, but... You know, she's got all these origami rabbits. It definitely leaves like breadcrumbs throughout the game that you want to know more. You want to know why River's so obsessed with these rabbits. You want to know why Johnny wants to go to the moon. And I just want to point out, I love that scene when you're playing as Eva and you're looking through the school. And you're like, where the hell's Neil? And then you go into the auditorium and he's pretending to be like a guy from NASA. And he's like, the moon's so cool. You can go to the moon. And Johnny has zero interest johnny's just like why would i want to go to the moon i don't want to go to the moon like are you sure it's cool and this actually solves one of the main issues that i think people would have with a narrative because you would think what's the point in them going through all of this like trouble why don't they just say oh yeah you won a ticket here you go here's a ticket to the moon yay you've been to the moon now we can go home and sleep with fulfilled her mission as it were there's a lot more to it there's a lot more of that kind of human element of trying to understand why Johnny wants to go to the moon rather than you know focusing on the solution they're trying to focus on the why rather than the how and I I think it's just absolutely fantastically done my other question though is what did you think of the twist end this game.
1: Creepy is the wrong word for this one. You know when you reach that memory you can just tell something bad is going to happen here. I think it's done really well, and it's that funny way that you want to see what's going to happen but on the other level you don't. It's not particularly a pleasant bit of the game to experience I'll be honest, but I think it's done pretty well and you know as i said you know something bad's going to happen and you you can kind of It doesn't so much come out of nowhere it's not like a complete shock because you you can tell something bad's going to happen and then as well once events are in motion you can pretty much write out what's going to happen here but i think it, it is poignant and it does I think it is an interesting thing and I think it does, it it feels like a kind of logical thing in a way and it explains, it helps to explain some of the, you know, events you've seen, you know, after, especially why uh, Johnny's mother calls him a particular name. It helps to flesh out Johnny a bit more and his experiences. So yeah, like as much as it is a pretty, you know, unpleasant event, like I, I do think it is pretty well done.
0: It's definitely a lot more kind of dark and is macabre the right word, would you say? for this kind of particular sequence.
1: I don't, again, I'm struggling to, like, unnerving is maybe the, foreboding, I think, is the one I would I would maybe use, because it, it's not, it's not like, I said it's not creepy, and it, it's dark, but it's not that kind of, you know, it's not that kind of dark, but it is that sort of unnerving foreboding that like you just know, you just know something's not right, and you know something important, but something, like, horrible is going to happen here. Because
0: it was that moment where Neil and Eva are talking about the this- situation and they're like well how does Jodie have such a good recollection of this particular part and I have to admit the way they actually frame it which I think is absolutely fantastic the imagery for an RPG maker game is absolutely amazing because on the one side You've got, like, this white void where there's nothing, and that's what's preventing them from actually getting to the other side of this, like, kind of chasm where there's, you know, the family home and everything. And, of course, the main twist is, and this is your last opportunity, guys, to back out, but the major twist in this game is the fact that Johnny has a twin brother called Joey, who unfortunately passes away because his mum accidentally hits him with a car. As he's, like, playing with a ball, she's reversing out, she hits him, it's very tragic, and because of that, Johnny ends up getting put on beta blockers, which severely limits his memory from that time period. It's an absolutely tragic moment, because at the same time, during that period of Johnny's life, he ended up meeting River in a carnival and they have this absolutely beautiful sequence where they're sitting on a log and they're seeing how the moon looks like a rabbit. You know, like the moon is like the tummy of the rabbit and the stars around it make up the body and everything. It's just such like a beautiful and innocent scene but because Johnny was put on beta blockers, he also forgot a lot of those sequences from his formative years. So, he believes that the first time he met River was when he went to school with her. And looking back on it, it is quite tragic because in real life, River starts to experience a lot of, to Johnny at least, very strange habits. Because she's got Asperger's syndrome, she's not very vocal with her thoughts and her feelings. Because of that, she does things like she cuts her hair short, she tries to make all of these paper rabbits and things, and of course, when she eventually passes away, Johnny's kind of left quite confused and emotional about it. He even confides in his friends that she was getting worse by the day and the main reason the main reason which brought me to tears that he wants to go to the moon is because when johnny ends up going to the carnival and meeting river for the first time they both end up going to quite a secluded place underneath this tree and they're both sitting on a log because River, having Asperger's syndrome, she has found like this one place where she feels comfortable in. I'm assuming that this is a place that she always comes when she goes to the carnival, but then she sees Johnny and goes to kind of run away, and then, you know, eventually they build up a kind of very limited but very powerful dialogue, and they basically promise each other that if they should forget one another or get lost, then they should regret upon the moon which is like the kind of turning point my jaw dropped and I was like oh my god that's the reason I was kind of like don't cry yet so don't cry don't cry did you feel the same way when that kind of revelation came up? yeah it's it's an
1: absolutely lovely scene that one and it's a it's a great reveal it's a perfect way to reveal this you know the reasons behind why he wants to go to the moon why that's his wish it's just a lovely scene and it's so well done the dialogue is perfect you know it it fits in tonally it fits in and it's just it's just a lovely scene so yeah a real i think a real high point of the game
0: and then of course we get one of the other twists where eva is so, like, hellbent on getting Johnny to the moon once they realise what's going on and why he wants to go to the moon, that she decides to try and rewrite his memories. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna be honest with you listeners, the first time I saw this scene, I was so angry at Eva because basically what she does is oh, angry is the wrong word, maybe just frustrated, because when I first saw this, she rewrites Johnny's memories so that River is no longer a part of his memories but Joey is she creates this entirely different reality where Joey's alive and he sees his brother Johnny get accepted into NASA and everything before I go on to say the twist upon the twist for that despite the fact that Neil is of course trying to stop Eva from doing that which I, I do think is a beautiful moment as well it really shows a lot about his character but when you saw River getting erased like how did you feel about that
1: yeah it's very it's very melancholic it's very sad but there was one line that stood out to me I can't remember exactly how it's worded but basically Eva says something to the effect of Johnny doesn't need River but he needs his brother and in a way that they can exist simultaneously together and you know I thought that added a kind of layer of depth and it it just made it all the more melancholic because you thought you know it's great that he's got his brother back because they seem to have such a close relationship but it's so sad that River is basically being erased from his life so it, it to me added this just it added this kind of great complexity to that scene and it just made it that much more powerful and that much more affecting when you're like I want to be happy for Johnny that Joey's alive and that he doesn't have to go through that kind of traumatic experience but you know I'm, I'm so sad for Johnny for that and you know for, for River especially sad for Johnny because you kind of have to feel sorry on his behalf because, because he doesn't know you know because River's basically being like erased from his life at this point he doesn't know and that just makes it all the more kind of tragic in in its own way I think as well The thing with Johnny and River's Relationship is When you see it To begin with In some of the Later memories It just You can just tell It's not It's not perfect By any stretch And there is a sort of Level of unhappiness here You know Between the two And we don't quite know Well we know Obviously that Johnny You know Is confused by River's actions And frustrated to an extent It, it, it does feel like it Being with her Has imposed a kind of Restriction on his life To an extent And, and you can tell There is like Some resentment there Which is, which is a human reaction Action. I don't think we can really damn him for feeling that because it's just a human you know response to that situation but then as we find that more and we understand more about River and the fact that she really struggles she can't just say to Johnny oh do you not remember when we met as young because you know, she she can't that's because of the Asperger's syndrome or, or whatever it is she can't just take a course like that so she's trying to do other things makes it all the more kind of heartbreaking just to try and jog his memory but you see how happy it was like that from that scene where they first met and early on and, and the fact that she's getting a raise. It just, just, it's just, it makes it ever such a melancholic and affecting experience, that, that whole bit.
0: It's a tough one to judge right enough, because as you said, on the one hand, he is getting his brother back, he's getting the life he always wanted. Well, maybe not the life he always wanted, but he's getting this life that's very ideal. He has a very happy family life, and I think there's one scene earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's when River and Johnny are getting married. And I'm pretty sure his mum calls him Joey. I think she does it a couple
1: of times, but you're definitely right. There's one moment at the wedding.
0: And of course, somebody asks, what's that all about? And he says, oh, it's my granddad's name. And, you know, makes a lie. You pass it off and think, "All oh, right, okay, it's just this woman's probably getting older. Maybe she's not of sound mind at this point and everything. You know, by the time you realise who Joey actually is, because you can see, even with the pixels, I'm going to say this, see, even with a game, about pixels, the amount of emotion you get in the kind of happiness, sadness through the way the characters act, the way they talk, even the wee kind of, like at the very end where the spoilers, but they achieve their mission. And Neil ends up going closer to Eva and he tries to put his arm around her and then she like bats it away. And just that kind of like one second joke, it, it honestly just made me laugh because I thought that is just such like a small but really funny moment. But the other thing that I want to point out before we talk about the real end of this is the whole concept of the lighthouse. If you've seen any promotional images, and feel free to, like, Google to the moon, you know, images and things like that, you'll see, like, a lot of lighthouses. And throughout the story, River basically says that she believes that all the stars in the sky are lighthouses, so much so that the house where they live at Is built right beside the lighthouse that they got married at, and she is River's like so obsessed with this lighthouse that she calls it Anya. She loves the lighthouse so much that she humanises it. You know, she gives it a name. They have like their first dance in it, which is another beautifully sweet moment. But the beauty of the symbolism for that of River saying that the stars are lighthouses, because obviously this is a story about a man who is, unfortunately, passing on. He is going to die. There's no twist in that regard. There's no, oh, at the last minute I managed to save him, because the scientists at Sigmund Core they are not there to save their patients. They're not there to say, oh, we've got a cure for your cause of death or whatever. We're here to make this transition from death into whatever waits on the other side, as comfortable as possible. And it's very poignant, because, let's face so in real life, death is, and again, I don't want to sound too morbid, but death is definitely something that we're all going to experience in our lives, whether it's people we know or, of course, ourselves. It's a very inevitable thing. But the whole beauty about the lighthouses, the fact that lighthouses are always in stories, and of course, in real life, are basically guides. As you know, like it's no, you know, this isn't a chance to be exclusive, but the fact is, lighthouses are used as guides for these ships coming in. They might not know where they're going. This is exactly what the lighthouses slash stars are doing for Johnny, because all of these stars are all around the moon. And the moon, although it's not a star, it's like their destination. They are aiming for this. They're completely getting guided towards the place that they both said that they would meet again. And I have to admit, that really hit me. I honestly thought that was just so... It it was kind of a bittersweet ending because you know this man's dying. And throughout the story you see this man's life support slowly fail because, you know, he is dying. At the very end there is just such a beautiful moment where it is a bit like, to kind of lighten things up a bit, it's like, you know that meme of the guys who they're like sitting on a chair and they look bemused? That was like me when I saw Eva erase River. But then when River came back at the end, I as a quote-unquote NASA person. I was the second part of that image where it's all the guys like standing up and they're cheering and they're going, yay! Like I was I was so happy to see that they hadn't cut out River entirely. And they do say that, they say, oh, it could have been a risk and everything. And fortunately, it absolutely wasn't. But the fact that they get to spend their final moments together going to the place that they both promised each other that they would meet again if they got lost, it's just beautiful. Because I honestly thought they would be holding hands at the end. And initially they're not. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. But then you start to see the simulation breaking down. You start to see Johnny panicking, you know, he's looking, thinking, what's going on? River just, like, gives him one look, just holds out her hand. He takes her hand. They end up reaching the moon. And, of course, there's just that symbolism as the flat line sound plays over. And then the music kicks in and everything. It's just beautiful. It, it's something that completely blindsided me. Not in terms of the story itself, but just the whole fact that I went into this game expecting something maybe good, maybe alright, but what I didn't expect was this absolutely emotional roller coaster where I was laughing, I was crying, I was, you know, like I, I wanted to share this game with so many people by the end of it. To which I, I did do that with you, Adam, so apologies, but I just, I. I wanted everyone to know how beautiful and how amazing this story is and don't get me wrong it does have its issues you know it's not a perfect game but honestly it is very close and just one more point before i throw it back to you adam but i love the storytelling in this game the fact you start from johnny's memories as an old man and you go back the way because i thought initially you'd be starting as a child or you'd be able to pick and choose where you wanted to drop but the fact you slowly go backwards it's like watching the film in reverse you're like okay but why are they arguing at the end of river's life and he's just like a lonely old man who needs a caretaker and the two children are there and it is just it's ab- it's something different it's something new it's something different and honestly hats off to them they did an absolutely fantastic job for that and there's even like a good hook at the end i have to say where it turns out that neil has been taking painkillers and we don't quite know we don't find out in this game why he has taken them. They kind of leave that as a bit of a hook for the subsequent sequels and that's all I can really say for it. It's just such an amazing emotional roller coaster and I absolutely love it. But before we wrap up, is there any kind of final points you want to point out in the story?
1: I mean I think it was well said, everything everything you just said there about the game. Like I, I couldn't agree more. The ending is beautiful and it, it's it's the perfect culmination to the emotional journey that you've been on with these characters. And, and through Johnny's life. Looking at the narrative as a whole, honestly, there's n- there's nothing I can really criticize. To be honest, I totally agree. I think it's an excellent story. I think it's really well told. I know it, perhaps it's a little slow in the beginning, but even then, like I I wouldn't level that as a major criticism. I don't think it. it did, I wasn't thinking about that at all. By the time I was like midway into the game, or by the end, you know, it w- there was a bit of distant memory. So I can't really hold that against it. And yeah, I, I think from a narrative perspective, it's so strong and it's such an amazing experience and again like you know full full marks to the is it Kangao is it yeah. Kangao yeah and I, I don't know if it was just him or if it's a team member but full marks to everybody who, who you know who devised the story and put it together because they did an absolutely excellent job I do have my problems with the gameplay and I wish, you know, I wish there was even less of the gameplay or it was, uh, there's more depth to it. But again, I can't, I can't say that's not a reason to play this. I would highly recommend, you know, anybody play this game. He said, it's it's a short experience. It's relatively cheap. You know, it's on a couple of things. How you get it on steam, you can get it on switch. I think it's on like mobile devices as well, iOS and Android. So you can play it there. If you, if you fancy, and I think it would work, it works well on any, I I played it on uh, steam, but I think it would work well on, mobile or on switch as well it's that kind of game and it's just it's just a really beautiful experience and you know it's very affecting it's melancholic it's funny you know um, as you said you might get angry at some points i mean angry is in what's happening in the story not angry at the game at all so it's just it's so well worth playing and i'm really i'm so grateful to you that you brought it to my attention because it's definitely one that i think would have just passed by me maybe i would have heard about it later on but i'm just so glad that you brought it to my attention and that i got a chance to experience it and yeah the narrative really really lived up to the hype so I, I i would highly recommend anyone go play this
0: and honestly i really appreciate you for taking the time to actually play this game because when you recommended games like edith finch to me and don't get me wrong i love that game as well i think it's absolutely fantastic and again we have a episode on that if you want to listen to that but i i was a little nervous going into that because I thought, oh, what if you know I don't like it and it's one of your favorite games? And then absolutely loved it, thought it was fantastic. So, when it was kind of reverse, when I really enjoyed this game, and then I was like, through tears, I was like sobbing to you, going Adam, you have to play this game, it's so good. And you're like, such a, I can't understand what you're saying, you're like, it's so good. But, yeah, you like, thank you so much for giving this game a chance.
1: That was my pleasure because it, it was it was such it was such a great experience and i'm so glad i've got to play it and i've got to experience it and as i said i would highly recommend it to anyone there is that funny emotions when when you find you know i don't know a film a book a, a tv show a game whatever you know a piece of music that you, that really resonates with you and that you really love and you get that kind of desire to share it with other people but also that fear of sharing it and <laughs> and people rejecting it you know I, i'm sure i've been through experiences like that where i've recommended you know things and people just haven't it hasn't resonated with people like it resonated with me and that can be it's a bit of a deflating experience but I do think it is you know it, it is worth I think it is very fulfilling to you know to recommend things and, and to put yourself out there a bit and to say you know this is why I love this thing and try and get people to play it and maybe not everybody will feel the same way about you but you never know there's a chance that you know that person might just have the exact same reaction to you and, and that's just it's just a wonderful thing to and I, I know I felt that way when when I saw that you, you really had really enjoyed Edith Finch and I could see you went away way and you did all this research on it you know and we, we were having conversations about it and that, that was really fulfilling so I'm glad that I'm just so glad that I got a similar experience to you playing to the moon and yeah just thank you again for sharing it with me and for opening my eyes to it
0: what's the equivalent of like a book club for indie games
1: oh we should we should are you saying we should get like a, a Chatsunami hall of fame
0: you know like there's the joke where people read Tuesdays at Mori's <laughs> 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 it's just like yeah today we're going to be playing what remains of Edith Finch uh, again it's like (laughs) yes you're gonna play it until you understand the rich deep themes of this game
1: (laughs) I, I like it let's 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 make it let's make a book club or a, a hall of fame or something like that and get a get a get a chat so you get like what, what's that what's Oprah? that you know oprah's got the oprah recommends book thing we should get that the chance and chance and recommend a film game whatever
0: that's actually not a bad show
1: <laughs> we're just going to i just imagine us going into our local game shops and just putting stickers on things and stuff being like what are you doing we chance and like, army recommend and then just scuttling away <laughs>
0: Yes, and just like a real red panda and talking sandwich, yeah. <laughs> that's
1: the most confusing of all.
0: See, that's the tactic. They're so confused that they don't have time to react. And those red bubble stickers are sticky; <laughs> they're it. not coming off without a, without a mess being made. Exactly, and at the end of the day, if that's all you can ask for. <laughs> <laughs> But just to reiterate your point there, yeah, if you want to check out this game, check it out on PC, as you said, on Steam, the Switch as well, which I was really surprised at. And it's also on Android and iOS, and partly Linux as well, which I'm reading like, what is on, and I'm like, huh, neat. But genuinely, if you get a chance to play it, I would wholeheartedly recommend it. So please go away, play it, and. Yeah, that's all I can really say. So, yeah, without any further ado, thank you all so, so much for listening to this episode. I know it was a little bit heavier than usual for a Chatsunami episode, but if you've got any favourite indie games that you would like us to have a look at or you would like us to talk about, then if you go over to our website on... Chatsunami, you can contact us and, yeah, tell us what games you want us to talk about, because I'd be really interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. Whether you liked To The Moon, whether you liked What Remains of Edith Finch, whether you have, like, a completely new game that neither of us have heard of, because we love our research, don't we, Adam? I I personally can't get enough of it, so (laughs) give me a task. (laughs) Please, I'm ready to go. And for one free email, you two can give a... (laughs) Intellectually hungry (laughs) Adam
1: A starving former student A chance to do some research
0: Yeah, all I'd say is um, Do you have to do a specific Reference style or
1: (laughs) I only do footnotes, I won't do I'm not doing Harvard, that's my one
0: request No Harvard, no Chicago There we go (laughs) And I mean the reference systems, not the places We love you In case somebody takes that out of context No Harvard, in case we're big in the Ivy League schools (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. None of your Yales and your. Princeton's. I,
1: I There's another one. For you.
0: Ah, thank you. My mind completely blanked because <laughs> I was using the <laughs> Simpsons as references there. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. you probably not a Yale man, are you? No, I, I, I was more Harvard, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, on that note, thank you all so, so much for listening to this episode. If you would like to hear more of our awesome takes, then you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, really any good podcast so just look for the red panda under the name chat tsunami and we will see you there without any further ado thank you all so so much for listening to this episode stay safe stay awesome stay hydrated and shoot for the moon